What is up, guys? Welcome back to part three of our series, Famous Last Words, following uh, the John chapters. I'm your host, Rowan Keeley, and my co-host, Eduardo Lopez. Found him off the streets just about 15 minutes ago. Oh, wait, let me fix my beard, too. Well, that's your mustache, which you don't have. I got a little bit. Okay. Put it in the comments down below if I should get a beard. I've been contemplating it for a while now, and I think... You've also been letting it grow for a while now. <laughs> I think I'm ready to commit. The viewers can't see it, I think but I'm I ready can. to commit. I'll get up close and personal with the viewers and show them the little hairs, because they're coming in, I swear. <laughs> They're you can coming. do that later. I'll put up a poll when this comes out. Beard, no beard. Yeah. Let me know what you think. Because mm-hmm. I really need feedback ASAP. So, yeah, follow Instagram because... <laughs> You're all over the place. So, welcome to the Saw Singing Podcast. Like uh, Rowan said, his name is Rowan Keeley. This is Felipe, not Eduardo. Uh, and uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, if this is your first time joining us, hey, listen, like, subscribe, share. Uh, we are on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. We're all over the place, and Feedback we just want to thank you for uh, checking us out today. Also, huge shout out to our sponsors and our supporters. You guys rock. Um, all of you know who you are. Join. You can always hit the link in, in our bio and then go to our website and then hit become a supporter and support our podcast. It would mean a lot to us. And as always, thank you to Rabbit Hole Records for being with us since day one, even though we're not recording at Rabbit Hole Records still yet. In Crazy spirit. schedules, but always with us in spirit. Love, in Chris. Spirit. In spirit. Yeah. 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 But so, like Rowan said in the middle of his uh, introduction... Actually, the beginning. The be- Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah. So in the beginning of my introduction, that is what we're talking about today. Um, we're going to be going over. <laughs> we're going to be going over uh, John chapter 16. Um, we've been in a series. This is part three where we just go through um, John 14 through 17. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, basically kind of to recap these are Jesus's last words before he goes up or, or before he goes up on the cross. Uh, he's arrested and all that. And this is him speaking to his disciples, um, getting everything off his chest about what he needs them to know about uh, because he's leaving them. And so um, this doesn't just apply to the disciples then, but it also applies to us as Christians right now. And so right now we're leaning in to chapter 16 and uh Let's just dive dive right in. Yeah. At first. I feel like for context, we need a because this starts off with the last section of John chapter 15. So John chapter 15, right at the very end, is where Jesus introduces us again to reiterate his point to the Holy Spirit to say like, hey, because um, he at, at the last chunk of John chapter 15, he says, by the way, you're going to be persecuted. And then the next section is like, but don't worry, never mind. I'm sending the counselor. I'm sending the helper. I'm sending the advocate. 
uh, different translations translate this a different way. But basically, Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit, which he talked about in John 14. But then he's going to talk about it again throughout his whole discourse because he, he's reminding his disciples, yo, you need me and you're going to need the Holy Spirit. You're going to need to remain in me and the Holy Spirit's going to help you do that. And that's how he ends John chapter 15 going into John chapter 16. Here we go. Yeah, so let's start off. Uh, I have said all these things to you to keep you from falling away. They will put you out of the synagogues. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he is offering service to God. And they will do these things because they have not known the Father nor me. But I have said these things to you that when their hour comes, you may remember that I told them to you. Um, I think... Uh, this just beginning introduction is just outlining uh, what Jesus is saying in these last messages. Basically, um, Jesus is trying to make it clear that like there is going to be persecution. There, he is going to be like once he's gone, um, there's nothing stopping from people to nothing stopping people from persecuting us, right? Because up until this point, it's Jesus who have, who, ah, God, can't talk. I mean, gosh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's Jesus who's been taking the brunt of, like, the persecution. Like, he's the one that the Pharisees are targeting. He's the one that, like, the Romans don't like. He's the one that everybody who's opposed to what he's saying, like, they hate him, right? But once Jesus leaves, that that persecution is now turned on to the disciples, right? And this isn't just for them now, but also for us now. Because now that Jesus is gone, like, people aren't persecuting Jesus. They're going to be persecuting us, or they should. Because, like, we're not a part of the world, and the world hates Jesus. Like, the world killed Jesus, right? So, this is Jesus in this introduction. This is just Jesus preparing his disciples and preparing us, like, yo, Hard times are coming. Like, this life, these next, like, 80 years, like, this little blip that you have on this earth, if you choose to follow me, it's not going to be a pretty picture. It's going to suck, right? Yeah. And he's just preparing us for uh, that in these first little bit. Um, And not only that, he starts by, like, being very specific about how we're going to be persecuted because he says, I mean, he, he says that some of us are going to be put out of synagogues, which the Jewish people were and, and his first disciples were. Right now we have our own churches and that's a beautiful thing. We don't have to worry about that. But even then, um, you know, like he's telling the disciples then and there in that moment, like, by the way, like people are going to be coming after you. Uh, and he's very blunt and he says, whoever kills you will think that he's offering a service to God because all of the disciples died. All of the 12 apostles died. Mm-hmm. Judas killed himself, but the other 11 died. Like they were killed by people that hated their message and hated Jesus. Um, And so like, I I think it's cool that Jesus starts off John chapter 16 by saying, I have said all of this uh, to you to keep you from falling away. So like, he's not saying like, he didn't want to hide anything from them either. Again, Jesus starts off the, the discourse by saying like, yo, I, I used to tell parables all the time. Now I'm going to speak plainly and clearly to you so that you understand. I'm not, I'm telling you all of this ahead of time that you need me, that you need the Holy Spirit, that people are going to come after you mm-hmm. so that you don't fall away because persecution is coming because you are going to face trials and tribulations. 
but I don't want you falling away. I'm giving you all the tools you need to remain strong in your faith and to follow me with all your heart and not grow tired in doing so because it is going to get hard. It is. It's not always going to be rainbows and butterflies. Yeah. Um, moving on because Jesus doesn't end it right there, right? He doesn't say life is going to suck. You're going to be persecuted. All right. Deuces, right? Uh, he makes a promise afterwards. <laughs> because next verse we're going um this is like 4b 4b yeah uh i did not say these things to you from the beginning because i was with you but now i am going to him who sent me and none of you asks me where are you going but because i've said these things to you sorrow has filled your heart nevertheless i tell you the truth it is to your advantage that i go away for i do not go away for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning, or and judgment concerning sin. Because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of the this world is judged. Um... Interestingly enough, like Jesus is saying that he saved his best for last. That's how he starts. I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you. Um, and not only that, like um, think about when, you know, like the famous last words, when you when you've been with somebody the whole time, it's like, uh, you know, like you get the benefit of having them close by. And it's like have you, it's like the typical movie trope where like somebody's on their deathbed. And it's like, by the way, I hid the treasure, uh, you know, under this tree on my property. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, uh, but it, with Jesus, he's saying the same thing. He's like, you've had the treasure all along. Now I'm telling you how to remain in the treasure. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I think that's important. But then verse five is interesting because he says, but now I, I'm going to him who sent me and none of you asked me, where are you going? And what's interesting is Peter asked, and so did Thomas. Thomas in John chapter 14, when Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except to me. It's to your benefit that I go. If I did not go, I would not prepare a place for you. But I am going, and I am preparing a place for you, and I'll come back to get you. And Thomas says, well, how do we know where you're going? How are we supposed to follow us? You didn't leave a map on the back of the Declaration of Independence. Mm -hmm. Call back. And... Um, and now I, Jesus says it, and it almost seems like he's not listening, but really he's reiterating because he's laid it out. He's saying, like, now that I've told you where I'm going, none of you are asking me anymore. Now it's also mm. because he, he reiterates the point again that they're sad um, because he's telling them that he's leaving and that they're all going to die and that they're going to face persecution. Yeah, and I just I love this passage because this is uh, telling us exactly what the Holy Spirit is meant for because I think we're confused about the Holy Spirit. I think, um, and this might take us into a tangent, but uh, I think that everybody thinks the Holy Spirit is like a warm, fuzzy feeling that you get when you accept Jesus, mm. right? That is not what the Holy Spirit is at all. Like Jesus says, he has come for judgment and righteousness, right? Yeah. That is the Holy Spirit's purpose. And so it's not a warm, fuzzy feeling, right? It's the Holy Spirit that's going to say, you know what? Cut this out of your life. You know what? Change this about yourself. You know what? This isn't the best for you. 
do something different. It's not going to pull punches. It's going to it's going to hurt, right? The Holy Spirit isn't like some guy who's just like you're going to do all right. Keep going, buddy. Like no, he's the one like who's going to be dragging you along, right? Um maybe not that. That's a little aggressive, but well he might. Yeah. But I th- I get really frustrated when people kind of get this wrong idea of the Holy Spirit because just the name itself, it's like it's not just like this little pixie that floats on your shoulder telling you like, oh, you should do this. You should do that. Like you do you like I love you, bro. Like that's not like that can be the Holy Spirit's purpose. But this is what Jesus is saying right here is its purpose is to bring righteousness and judgment. Mm-hmm. Right. And that word judgment to us, especially as like to us as Americans is like, mm, I don't like I don't like judgment. I don't like to be judged like judging. Oh, yeah. Judging's not great. But it's like if I'm living in sin and I'm never judged from it or judged for it by by Christ, by God, by the Holy Spirit, I'm not going to change anything. Nothing's going to change and I'm going to keep on living in sin. But when the Holy Spirit comes and convicts me and is like, cut this out, like this needs to like, you can't have this in your life. You can't have this and be of like be in Christ's body. Yeah. And so then I have to do the hard work of cutting it out. And that takes time. That takes hard work. That takes like perseverance. And it's tough. And like, that's what the Holy Spirit's there for. It's to be like, boom, that's what you need to change. Yeah. And it's judgment. At the same time, um, I think, like, I'm not trying to contradict what Rowan is saying, but sometimes the Holy Spirit is the warm, fuzzy feeling, right? Like, the Holy Spirit is a manifestation of God's presence at times. So not that that's not important, but if that's all he is, then there's something wrong. Like, Mm -hmm. there have been times where I've been praying, and I say, like, you know, I've prayed like Holy Spirit. Why are you scratching your head into the microphone? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you are. This, this is not an ASMR video. <laughs> uh, I was gonna make a joke where I was gonna be like, and I was gonna do some ASMR stuff, but that's really gross. I'll yeah. Scratch my head over here. Don't worry. There we go. Um, but what was I saying now? I got <laughs> Don't joke. Um, so, so the Holy Spirit, right? Like, um. He is both and he is both the conviction and he is the manifestation of God's presence. Like there have been times where I pray and I say, Holy Spirit, would you be in this room with me? And immediately I get that warm, fuzzy feeling. But that's him letting me know I'm in the room. Mm -hmm. Right. But at the same time, whenever he's in the room, he's also doing the work of convicting me and molding me into the likeness of Jesus. And we we were talking about this and we've talked about this in previous episodes. We as Christians need to understand salvation and sanctification and that they're two different processes done by two different people. The whole the Holy Spirit does the work of sanctification. Jesus has already done the work of salvation, right? Like he mm-hmm. died on the cross, he paid the price for our sin, and if we accept them, if we believe that he is who he says he is and we declare it with our mouths and believe it in our hearts, then we are saved. He's done the work of salvation, but the Holy Spirit does the work of sanctification. So salvation happens in the moment. Sanctification is going to happen till the day I die. I'm going to keep being like worked on and molded by the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And like we saw in John chapter 15, 
God the Father is going to keep pruning things out of my life so that I bear more fruit, so that I look more like Jesus, so that my life brings glory to God in the long run. And and so um, you're right. You're absolutely right. Like the Holy Spirit has a very specific role and it's not just a warm, fuzzy feeling. It's not just so that you uh, you know, like you, you pray at a youth conference or you pray at a, at a church event and, and where with a ton of people, you're like, Oh my God, God is here. I can feel it. Like the goosebumps, you know, like I hate when people say that and they're sitting under the AC cause it's like, it's no, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, bro, that the AC kicked on, that's the goosebumps, <laughs> you know? But it's funny that they'll say that at church, but they don't say that in their personal life. Like they don't say outside of church. They don't say outside of those moments like, man, I felt the presence of God. And, you know, because they're not putting in the work outside of that because their life then would look like it. Um, But to piggyback on this point, Jesus is also saying that the work of the Holy Spirit isn't just to convict us, but the Holy Spirit does the work to convict and convince the world. Mm. That Jesus is who he says he is. Um, uh, Where is it? Verse 8. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. And I think this is interesting because in in this verse specifically, when Jesus is saying the world, he's talking about uh, the the people, like specifically the Jewish people who don't believe. Yeah. um, And convict them of their sin. So what's interesting is they had the law and they knew sin. They had what they thought was righteousness in the law, and they had what they thought was right judgment in the law. And when Jesus showed up, they turned like they ignored his definition of sin, which brought the law up a level. They ignored his version of righteousness, which saw sinners be accepted, and they uh, ignored his version of judgment. Mm -hmm. Uh, And instead, they wrongfully accused him of sin by claiming to be God when homeboy was God, is God. They wrongfully uh, you know, like lived up to their righteousness and crucified Jesus when Jesus is like God. And then Mm -hmm. they wrongfully judged him when he is the ultimate judge. Right. And so like, he's saying like, yep, uh, some of these people are going to get it wrong and the Holy spirit is going to help them get it right. And the Holy spirit is going to show them how to get it right. Yeah. Um, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Verse 12, he says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will speak not on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So, um, sorry, verse 12, Jesus acknowledges that his disciples are sad. Mm-hmm. And that's what he's saying. All these things I have to say to you, but you can't bear them now. I mean, after Jesus just said, like, by the way, y'all are about to die and be persecuted. Jesus is like, I, I need to tell you more things, but don't worry about it right now. Like, obviously not the priority because some of y'all are crying in this room and look kind of, you know, scared. But then he also says, like, but remember, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth comes. He will guide you into all truth because he's going to remind you of all the things I've said. Yeah, I think this is cool because um i think jesus is also saying like another function of the holy spirit is basically like a direct line to god right because uh the holy spirit whatever it does it's going to glorify god it's going to glorify uh 
God's desires, right? And so if we have that direct line to the Holy Spirit, who has a direct line to God, like we can talk to God whenever we want. People before, like before Jesus died, people didn't have that, right? There are so many steps that you would have to go through to like just be in the presence for of God or like a fraction of the presence of God, right? Yeah. For just like an instant or whatever. And now we have like this direct line, which is the Holy Spirit, which not only is like, hey, I just need to talk to God, but also like, hey, like, is this right? What do I need to do? Like, I have option A, which has its pros and cons. Like, I want to do what's right. And option A seems right, but option B also seems right. Right. And like it's when you have that split path and you're like, I don't know what to do. Like you can call on the Holy Spirit and like the Holy Spirit can like help you out with decisions like that. Uh, I think we let it, read it in the last chapter asking you will receive. Right. If you have good intentions and you want to do what's right and you just ask Jesus like, yo, look, home homeboy, like I need help. He's going to be like, yo, I got you. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> but. Um, ah, what was I, what was I going to say? I was going to say something. Oh, but like, not only that, this is where like relationship comes in, right? Cause we've been talking over the last few weeks about relationship versus religion and how they actually go hand in hand. And this is where relationship comes in because mm-hmm. the Holy spirit actually allows us to have a relationship with God. Again, before you couldn't have a relationship with God, even the high priest could only talk to God for very little time if at all right i don't i don't know my high pre i don't know my earth lore that much um um, but now we have this direct line to god and we can have a relationship with him but we still don't use it which i think is funny like i think we need to take advantage of all the different uh things that the Holy Spirit offers because it can convict us. It can help us with like decisions asking you will receive, right? It can like serve as like a line to a relationship with God, all of these things. And everybody just thinks of it as a warm, fuzzy feeling. Yeah. Let me ask you this because this whole podcast is based on the idea of conversation and, and us talking things out. Rowan, why do you think people are scared of conviction? And I ask because you always bring up this story of this preacher that you heard um, at a youth conference, youth camp or something where like something that has stuck with you since then is the idea that we need to pray for God to convict us. We need to pray for the Holy Spirit to do the work of turning the mirror on us and showing us how ugly we actually are. And we need to pray for that, like to be convicted. But I feel like for the most part, people run away and they shy away from being convicted, right? Like they want the Holy Spirit to pat them on the back. They want their youth pastor. They want their mentor. They want their pastor. They want their whatever uh, person that speaks into life to just pat them on the back. Nobody wants to be convicted. Nobody like, or at least I feel like that's a, that's something that I've come across just in life. Like nobody wants to be told that they're wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. So why do you think that people are scared of that, especially or maybe not especially, but looking at Christians specifically, like how how do we as a Christian rightfully handle conviction? So I think the purpose or the reason why people don't want to be convicted, right, is that nobody likes 
not being perfect, right? Everybody is like, I mean, you're perfect just the way you are is a phrase that people use all the time. And it's like, you're not, you're, you're just simply not like there are so many things that like you could change about yourself to make yourself better. Like, and I think people don't like hearing that. And so when you become a Christian, um, you accept that you yourself are born sinful. You're born imperfect. And to be perfect is a like super unachievable feat. Like you'll never be perfect. And so like it can kind of at first it can kind of get you in that like, well, like what's even the point? So you, then you start like working towards it and you can get caught in like, you know what? I'm pretty good, right? Like. Yeah, I have some skeletons in my closet, but like I go to church, I pray, I read my Bible, you know, like I I do all the stuff, I do the motions, like what more, like what more does God actually want? And it's the Holy Spirit and like we can get stuck in that rut. We can hit that plateau, right? We can be saved. We can do the whole sanctification and then we get to a spot and we're like, I'm good. And we just coast there for the rest of our lives when we can use, we can do that or we can use the Holy Spirit to convict us. And this is why it's important because if we have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, then the uh, Holy Spirit will be constantly building on us, right? Because we're not perfect. So the Holy Spirit is going to be able to be like, you know what? I know you think that this area of your life is all good, but it doesn't meet my standard. Like, and it'll push you to your like limits and it's going to keep on setting that bar higher and higher until like we do look like Jesus, which is unattainable, but it's the end goal, right? And so it's the Holy Spirit that's going to push you beyond anything that you could push yourself. And it's going to push you to uh, places that you didn't think you could go, right? Um, because we all have mental blocks that keep us from being the people that we want to be. And it's the Holy Spirit that's going to tear down those blocks and tear down those barriers that are keeping us from that. And it's going to build us into more Christ-like people. Yeah, I think that's so good. Um, one interesting thing is uh, you might not know this or maybe you might be able to get this from our episodes. But one thing I really admire about Rowan is his ability to um go out of his way to be humble when he is convicted or when he's called out on something and make the absolute best effort that he can to then switch around like if you bring up something that you say oh this doesn't look like jesus or whatever he doesn't get defensive right and so i think I think if we're trying to live lives where we are vulnerable, not just with the people around us, because that's what it takes, right? Sometimes mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit uses the person closest to you to like be the mirror that shows you like, hey, you're you're actually ugly. You're actually not who you think you are. You're actually not all that. Like you don't mirror me at all. Look at this. Um, and sometimes he uses his word. Sometimes he uses our pastors sometimes. But a lot of times it's like the people closest to us. I'll never forget one of one of my best friends stanley shout out stanley uh he we were in middle school i think it was eighth grade is when him and i really started hanging out and we were at his house and we were playing outside and i think like we were either i I think that's when he got a basketball hoop and so i was at his house and we were playing outside shooting around 
And back then I used to swear like a sailor. And then one day, like, and we met in church. And so he looked at me and he said, why do you swear so much? Like, I've never heard anybody like that. I go to church with like, talk the way you talk and you Mm -hmm. like, you talk exactly like, like, why do you swear so much? And he didn't, he didn't like call, like he didn't necessarily call me out. Right. He just asked me a question, but that question and the way, like his follow-up, like I've never heard anybody like talk the way you do like that day i was like you're absolutely right Mm -hmm. um and it took me a while to like work through it and and you know control my tongue and and choose the words i say carefully and and be mindful of how i speak um but him being willing to call me out and convict me like and here's the thing i didn't feel judged i didn't feel condemned and 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 he said it in a way and i think that's what that's what people lack is people are so defensive when it comes to being called out and being convicted, but that's the Holy Spirit doesn't sit there and judge. Like I've been, I've been called out by the Holy Spirit on things, but he never like sits there and just yells at me. You know, he's like, why do you do this? And and then he'll, you know, like, at least for me, if I'm praying about something and I'm trying to work through something, he'll be like, you know, you know what my word says. And you know that it says A, B, and C, and you've heard, you know, pastors talk about blah, blah, blah. And so why, why do you still do this? Why do you still act like that? Why do you, whatever? And it's Mm -hmm. like, you're absolutely right. And, and interestingly enough, um, one of the, oh, I can't remember where it is. Um, but you know, like there's that verse in the new Testament that says that God's kindness leads us to repentance. Um, because he's not sitting there angry and Mm -hmm. trying to throw lightning bolts at us. He's, he's sitting there like trying to do the work of sanctification in us. Yeah. It's kind of like what I said in last episode, where it's like looking at the reactions to the people who met Jesus, like how they came away from that conversation. Um, Moving on, uh, verse 16, a little while and you will see me no longer. And again, a little while and you will see me. So some of his disciples said to one another, what is this that he says to us? A little while and you will not see me. And again, a little while and you will see me. And because I am going to the father. So they were saying, what about, what does he mean by a little while? We do not know what he is talking about. Jesus knew that they wanted to ask him, so he said to them, Is this what you are asking yourselves, what I meant by saying, A little while and you will not see me, and again a little while and you will so- see me? Truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep and lament, but the Lord will rejoice, or the world will, will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sor- sorrow will turn into joy. Man, this verse or this passage really (laughs) yeah really really showing my affinity towards the letter r (laughs) despite it being the first letter of my name okay um when a woman is giving birth she has she has sorrow because her hour has come but when she has delivered the baby she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world so also you have sorrow now but i will see you again and your hearts will rejoice and no one will will take your joy from you in that day you will ask nothing of me truly truly i say to you whatever you ask of the father in my name he will give it to you until now you have Ask nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Okay, so maybe it wasn't last episode that I said that because I think I referenced that verse um, this episode. So 
<laughs> correct correction. It is this episode. It and might I didn't have also get been it. last episode, honestly. Possibly. Um, but quick summary of that. Um, Jesus is saying, like, number one, Jesus is telling the disciples, like, by the way, I'm coming back. Don't worry, there's a part two. Don't don't cry too much. Yeah. You know, like and but even then Jesus is comforting his disciples by saying, like, I know what I just told you is heavy take heart and he says it here like this is you know like one of the best promises that we can hold on to starting in verse 25 i have said all these things to in figures of speech the hour is coming when i will no longer speak to you in figures of speech but will tell you plainly about the father in that day you will ask in my name and i do not say that i will ask the father in your behalf for the father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that i came from god i came from the father and came and have come into the world, and now I'm leaving the world and going to the Father. His disciples said, Ah, now you're speaking plainly and not using figurative speech. Now we know that you know all things and do not need anyone to question you. This is why we believe that you came from God. Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Behold, the hour is coming. Indeed, it is come when you will be scattered, each his own home, and will leave me alone. Yet I'm not alone, for the Father is with me. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So the interesting thing here is Jesus is saying like, hey, by the way, um, you will have like there's there's an end to this and mm-hmm. there is uh, there's joy on the other side. And I promise you, you will not be alone. And I promise you. Like the day is coming when we will be reunited again. And although you might face trials and tribulations and temptation and the world is going to hate you and you're going to have a lot of work to do on your own, like, don't worry, I've overcome the world. And Mm -hmm. what's interesting is this is already before Jesus went to the cross. Yeah, this isn't after this is the dinner right before. And he says, by the way, I've overcome. Don't worry. He's pre-gaming right now. Yeah. Pre-gaming for the victory. Yeah. And I just like this because, um... He, he's just, I had a thought. Oh, he's just like giving us a light at the end of the tunnel, right? He's like, I'm leaving, but I'm coming back. Like, don't worry. Like, somebody's coming to help you. Like, I've already overcome the world. Don't, like, be scared. Don't, like, worry about it. I've got you. I've got you, fam. Kind of. I think that's what he actually said. What is that? The true translation? Something like that. I got you, fam. Um... But yeah, light at the end of the tunnel. Stick with it. Good stuff is coming your way. God will give you all the money you have you've ever asked for. That's not true. <laughs> That's not what we're preaching here. Uh, no, but seriously though, Jesus does a really good job of. And I think again we get to this at the end here, verse twenty nine. Ah, now you're speaking clearly and not using figurative speech. That's that's the point that Jesus is trying to make. Is like this whole time uh, this last his famous last words are clear as day he's trying to remind us of everything that we need to know to to remember to keep walking in our faith yeah and he's no longer using figures of speech yeah anyway thanks for tuning in yeah this was a great episode uh make sure you follow us download it on spotify do all the stuff stay tuned because this is a This is the third part of a four-part series. So if you want to see this wrapped up with a pretty little bow, follow us because we'll wrap it up all nice and tight. Doodles, my noodles. (laughs) 
yeah thanks for tuning in we will see you next week follow us on social media and visit our website hit become a supporter also ask questions uh, also oh on spotify listen if you hit us up on spotify now spotify? you can yeah oh 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 yeah now on spotify listen at the end of the episode we're gonna post a question on there you could tell us what series you want to do next we could put polls and you could you know like should rowan grow his mustache it'll yeah. be a poll on spotify how about oh, that you said that dope. anyway yeah stay tuned there no shave november i'm gonna do it you <laughs> you should yeah uh we'll see you next time all right no shit oh hey, hey, hey before we leave there was a competition to see who can guess. So this episode and the episode before, if you can guess what date. Bro, I don't know why I'm bringing this up. Because you want to give somebody $50. Isaac does not count. I don't think Isaac could even say this. Isaac wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah, Isaac wouldn't know. 50 bucks. If you can guess the exact date. And Izzy, I've already... Izzy might get $50 though. <laughs> doesn't count. He no, he here. does. So what? He might not. He's faithful. But you gotta hit us up. He doesn't have Instagram. Boom. <laughs> it's gotta be on Instagram. He'll comment on our YouTube. <laughs> or oh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Right. Exactly. And I've already give you, given you some hints, bits and bombs. So it was a, it was a day that was 64 degrees at the end of it, and it's before November. Good luck. May the odds be ever in your favor. <laughs> nope, that was off. Anyway, yep. Enjoy the rest of your day. Because I almost said what day of the week it was. <laughs> uh, see you next time.